0: Hello, I'm Llewellyn King, the host of White House Chronicle. Thank you for coming along. We're going to be talking today to John Howes, who's one of the great experts on batteries, huge batteries, the kind of batteries that they use for electric utilities. But, of course, we have batteries everywhere. Look at this. That's got a battery. This has got a battery. I'm holding up a cell phone, a remote, a Kindle, a flashlight, and the radio, all of which are operated by batteries. But in your life, the biggest and most important battery is probably the one that starts and maintains the running of your automobile, even though you pay no notice to it. It's the old-fashioned lead-acid battery which has been around for a long time. Uh, Maybe it has a new generation. My guest today is John House, principal at Redland Energy Group. John, welcome to the broadcast. And tell me, how many kinds of batteries are there?
1: Well, uh, there the are different types of uh, batteries. You've got the, uh, the, lead, the lead acid battery that you just referenced. You've got the lithium ion battery. You've got, uh, actually, the lithium ion is a family of, of batteries. Uh, and you've got uh, 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 nickel metal hydride batteries, you've got uh, uh, sodium ion batteries, you've got uh, uh, lithium sulfur batteries, you've got uh, vanadium redox flow batteries.
0: Uh, Everything we do going forward is going to require more, not less, battery power. Battery for all of these devices I held up, but also batteries for electric cars, for electric airplanes, for drones, They're all going to have at their center batteries and the utilities themselves. The providers of the electricity are going to need large batteries to smooth out the uneven flow of wind and sometimes solar. How is that coming?
1: Uh, It's coming. Uh, There's... uh... Uh, I look on the future as as very, very bright. Now whether that future is going to be immediate, or whether it's going to be long term, I look on that as very much an open question. I happen to think it's going to take longer uh, than just the next four or five years for uh, or for wind and solar, for example, to to, uh, uh, to really uh, comprise the majority of power that is produced for electric grid. It's going to take a lot longer than that. We're going to have to continue our reliance on uh, on, uh, on, on natural gas and coal and even nuclear. Uh, but uh, but because wind and solar have been growing, and uh, along with hydro and uh, biomass and other types of renewable energy, uh, yes, it is true that especially with with variable power, uh, batteries are are needed. Now, whether they're uh, it really comes down to economics. Uh, uh, can a battery and a and a solar facility uh, be competitively priced with a natural gas plant? The answer right now is no. Can it be in the future? Maybe. And I I think there's a lot of research that needs to be uh, uh, carried on uh, to make sure that that happens. So uh, to say that we can flip a switch and convert the power system completely to renewables, no. (laughs) It is not going to happen anytime soon.
0: But we can do it if we uh, get over the hump of having cheap, reliable, very large batteries with enormous capacity. we know, and I mentioned the lead-acid battery because I have known lead-acid batteries all the days of my life. Early on in cars, there were six volts. Now they're 12 volts. How many volts do we need when we get to storage for electricity uh, from utility companies? Suddenly we're many, 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 many orders of magnitude greater.
1: Well, look at it this way: in a uh, an electric vehicle, you're uh, talking about uh, for the for the drivetrain powered by uh, uh, by uh, by lithium-ion batteries. You're talking about six to eight hundred volts moving through that through that electric vehicle drivetrain. Uh, whereas for the for the radio and the and the seating and the and the communications inside that that vehicle, you only need a twelve volt uh, uh, battery. So you've got two battery systems inside EV. So you take that and uh, move on up to, to, to the electric grid, uh, we're talking uh, thousands upon thousands of megawatts uh, that will be required for, uh, for batteries to smooth out the, uh, the flow of power from variable resources like wind and solar. So it, it, uh, the, the, the market for, uh, uh, for grid storage batteries alone uh, can be enormous uh, as we move into the future. The key is, is really economics. Can a battery uh, be priced economically uh, so that it can be uh, accepted uh, by utilities uh, as a uh, as a standard resource. We're not there yet, but we, but, we're, but we need to get there, and we will get there.
0: I read a great deal about utilities, about electricity, and they all seem to be headed towards lithium-ion batteries, but there's huge demand on the raw materials for those. If we're going to put them even in airplanes and certainly in cars and buses and trucks and um, probably railroad engines after a short while. Uh, if we're going to do all that, the pressure's huge on lithium itself, on copper, on cobalt, on other essential minerals. Is there a way around that? I've heard of, uh, for example, um, uh, using the the rust, the rusting of metal can be, or the rusting of iron can be used to make a battery. How does that work?
1: Uh, well, just just the way you described it—that's what they call an iron flow battery. And uh, flow batteries are—they're—they're uh, uh, they're out there. They—they uh, they do work. It's a—it's—it's it's a very good uh, uh, theory uh, that's being put into practice. There's a uh, there's a commitment from uh, uh, from government uh, to finance the uh, the R&D that, that can make the flow batteries uh, more uh, uh, more more efficient and more powerful. And uh, so yeah, iron is a, it is an alternative to vanadium when it comes to flow batteries. I wouldn't also rule out organic materials that can be used in a flow battery. So I would say that you can't point your finger at any one particular technology and say that's it. Uh, that's going to be the future. You can't do that uh, because there's so many different needs uh, for, for different types of batteries that that, uh, that, the, that, that the market is really open for a variety of approaches, whether it be lithium, whether it be nickel, whether it be zinc, whether it be lead acid, whether it could be flow uh, or anything else. And then graphene aluminum is another one that's out there. So uh, there, there's, it's a big, big ocean of opportunity uh, for energy storage. And there's going to be a lot of technology
0: swimming in that big sea. Who's going to make the choice? Who's going to decide whether it's going to be lead acid or lithium or iron flow or something else?
1: The consumer makes the choice. The consumer pays for everything. And uh, I don't care about all the government subsidies you want to throw at something or other. Uh, It doesn't fly until the consumer says, this is what I want.
0: However, this is uh, one removed. We don't have a direct input. They're not public hearings. As there are about some things like nuclear power plants, but on which battery system an electric utility company should buy. Yes, there are.
1: There are hearings. You, you've got them at uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. You've got them at state public utility commissions. You've got them at uh, uh, for public power at city councils, uh, for, uh, for cooperative power. You've got them at the, at the cooperative councils. They're, they're, the, the public record is out there for different types of energy storage technologies.
0: Which way is the wind blowing? I think that's
1: a good question, and I—it depends on who you talk to. Uh, if you talk to a uh, to a utility system manager, I'm not talking about the uh, the uh, the the people who run the public relations for utilities. I'm talking about the guys who actually run the systems, and uh, uh, more specifically, the, uh, the the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. They will tell you. That, uh, that that batteries are not economic uh, to the point where they can uh, provide where they can make renewable power uh, perform as a base load power they say it just can't happen right now will it happen maybe I think yes but right now uh, the system is very heavily reliant on uh, natural gas uh, for uh, uh, for base load generation and nuclear and and coal so so natural gas I look on that as a as a big winner uh, uh, for a long time to come we're not going to get rid of natural gas we're not going to get rid of coal we're not going to get rid of nuclear anybody who says this the country doesn't know what he's talking about
0: well that's another subject let's stay with batteries for now lead acid the one in your automobile uh they've been with me as i said all my life uh, except years ago they were messier they they were open the acid came out you could burn your clothes you actually had to put distilled water into them sometimes and they were very durable and they created the self-starter on the automobile and kept the whole electrical system of anything even uh, uh, running very successfully and sometimes they were used in limited transportation i never stopped telling the story of harrods the great department store in london where hugely rich people buy Absolutely wonderful things. Um, And they had delivery trucks in London. They weren't quite trucks. They were very special vehicles. They were very distinctive. They were painted green. And the trick was if you had an account at Harrods, this lead-acid-driven vehicle would deliver your groceries or whatever goodies you had bought. And that was not only wonderful advertising, it had another effect. People wanted to be thought of as having an accounted at Harrods, And they sort of wanted the neighbors to see this electric vehicle draw up. I don't know how long that went on, but for decades, as far as I know. But, of course, the limit and the old milk float. Nobody remembers milk floats anymore, but they were electric vehicles that the milkman often threw a, a handle. Um, the, the propulsion was lead acid. To take the weight of all that milk, and you can make it a very easy thing for him to uh, to to draw. And some of them you could actually sit in and drive. Uh, but there there was a limit. Uh, what's happened to the science of lead acid? Just the the not the totality of of everything else. What has been the evolution in lead acid, or has there been any?
1: Oh, there's there there there's I'm, I'm glad you asked that because there's definitely a uh, an evolution, and uh, and a coming revolution in uh, in, in, uh, in lead acid batteries. The, the the evolution has been away from the the flooded uh, lead acid battery where you had to pour the water into the valve to make sure that it stays floated and all that. Uh, those were called uh, flooded lead acid batteries. We've now moved to uh, valve regulated sealed lead acid batteries and now sort of glass mat uh, lead acid batteries where in the past, with an old battery, you couldn't turn it upside down because everything would spill out. Whereas now, with an AGM battery, you can turn it upside down. There's no problem because everything is because everything is sealed. Uh, the uh, the next wave that I think is going to be single plate uh, uh, lead batteries. You, flow batteries are sort of single plate batteries right now, but that's coming to uh, to lead batteries, and that's going to result in uh, in more powerful batteries that will be less expensive. Than the, than, the, than the 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 traditional monopolar batteries that you that you have in your car, and uh, that that's coming. The, uh, the the next wave is going to be how can the materials inside a battery be made to work more more efficiently? Uh, what kind of materials can we substitute for what's been used in the past? Then you're talking about what kind of a design is going to be uh, uh, out there for uh, for lead batteries, not just lead batteries, every battery. But then most importantly, and uh, I'm not saying that this is going to be uh, the the dominant but the way they're made uh battery there's going to be a revolution in the way batteries are made it's going to be much more much more automated much more precise because the demand for batteries is a lot more precise going forward you you can't have failure in a battery anymore you're you're not people don't want that kind of a luxury they want a battery that's going to last with no problem and it has to be standard it has to be no variability in performance. You're going to see that coming. And the lead battery industry is working very hard with the National Labs and DOE on that great topic.
0: Now tell me what happens in a battery. Does It doesn't actually store electricity, does it? It, it makes more electricity on demand because it has been, quote, charged, unquote.
1: You're, you're talking about a rechargeable battery that uh, in the car it takes power from the alternator to recharge it. Once a battery discharges its power, uh, then that's called a, a cycle. And then you have to uh, pull power in from an external force like the alternator to recharge the battery so that it can cycle again. It's that constant cycling of, uh, of power going out and then power coming back in to be stored inside the rechargeable battery. That's why they that's why they call it a rechargeable battery. Because you have to discharge the power, then you have to recharge it.
0: The the attraction of lithium, lithium ion, is that lithium is number three, I think, on the periodic scale. It's very, very, very light. And lead is very, very heavy um, and between those two extremes, obviously for driving vehicles, et cetera, airplanes, especially, and they're coming. Several airlines have ordered four-seater electric aircraft. Incredible, but they've actually ordered them up to 20, I think, uh, and uh, two airlines have ordered 20 each. They don't want to be left behind. Uh, And that requires lithium and the whole uh, set of essential elements to make a lithium battery because it's light. But when we come to other batteries, Iron air etc. Lead acid uh, lightness is not there's no penalty if they're heavy if they for say sitting on the ground outside of a uh, a switchyard at a utility yeah uh,
1: weight is uh, weight is one factor in it uh, other factors include uh, the sustainability of a battery uh, what do you do with it when it's dead but uh, in the case of a lead acid battery, you, you recycle it. Uh, every lead acid battery is made from recycled materials. You can't say that about uh, about lithium batteries. Maybe to a very small extent, but nowhere near the ninety, the 90 the percent of a lead acid battery. And uh, plus, you also have to look at uh, where do the materials come from that go into a battery. In the case of lithium cobalt and uh, graphite, those those materials have to be imported. And uh, sometimes you have to pay a premium to get those to get those materials here. In the case of of a recycled lead acid battery, it's uh, it, it's recycled here in the U.S. There are there are mines in the U.S. and uh, and uh, urban mining is uh, is really the, uh, the the way to describe a lead acid battery. We have urban mines all over the place from which we extract uh, lead acid battery materials. And uh, so that's another factor. A third factor is cost, uh, which is the which is the overriding consideration. Putting aside lithium,
0: uh, looking at lead acid and the other one we've discussed most here or mentioned most has been on air, uh, of these alternatives to lithium where weight is not a penalty, uh, which one seems to have the most promise to store the most electricity to smooth out the supply of electricity from renewable energy? I I think you're going to see a,
1: a lot of uh, lead. The next generation of lead batteries uh, come forward to do that. You're going to see flow batteries uh, come forward, not just the iron flow that you just talked about, but but uh, the vanadium redox and the organic flow batteries. I think you're going to see some of those things. So I I'm reluctant to try and uh, and say right here today that one technology is going to win. I think you're going to see several winners out there and. Uh, I also wouldn't overlook uh, zinc batteries. They're, they're going to be big. And, uh, you can't really pinpoint a market and say, this is, this is the a precise, localized, narrow definition of a market to which one battery is going to fit. The market is a lot bigger than just, uh, than just electric power, for example. It's big, but, there's, but it's
0: much bigger than just electric power. What is the technology in a flow battery?
1: You've got uh, you've got two tanks. Another side, a a positive tank and a negative tank. Both have electrolyte, different types of electrolyte. And then the 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 negative tank uh, tank flows its electrons through a membrane, uh, which is uh, which is really uh, uh, it flows through uh, flows through to a plate. In in the case of vanadium, vanadium, then the same thing on the positive side. It flows through its own plate made of vanadium, and then it flows into a membrane. Uh, from which the power comes
0: out. When we talk about a lithium ion battery, we're still using within the battery two poles. Right. Exactly. It's always two poles. It's always right. ion flow. Yeah, You, 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 you could do a, a lithium flow
1: battery. That's not impossible. Uh, or lithium bipolar battery. It's not impossible. But you're right. Uh, the uh, Most of the lithium batteries that you see out there are are, are what they call a monopolar, where you've got a positive here and a positive and a negative there, and they and they and they operate separately through through the electrolyte. You're right.
0: How long has it taken for us to get to this point? Uh, back in the 70s, when the energy crisis was upon us, I remember being shown uh, uh, aluminum air batteries, for example. Right. Like Westinghouse. Uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Facility, yes, their research facility in Pennsylvania. I suspect it's long gone, but they were very hopeful of that technology and they were testing several others. And yet for most things, we continue to use the tested, time-tested, time proved lead-acid battery, Uh, but a lot of progress and suddenly lithium burst or lithium-ion batteries burst on the scene because they were light and because we wanted electrified vehicles.
1: You're, you're raising an excellent point. And that is, uh, if you go back to, uh, uh, to the flow batteries and the, and the, the bipolar battery, that was first uh, invented by a Russian physicist back in the 1910s or 1920s, Peter Kapitsa. And uh, it was a brilliant idea, uh, but it never got anywhere because you couldn't really solve the problem. of How do you seal the battery so that it doesn't leak? And uh, but now there are a couple of blood uh, battery companies that have uh, perfected the way to make a bipolar battery. So my, my point is that some of these ideas that you see out there, like with aluminum, which I like a lot, uh, they, they've been around a long time. But sometimes you have to really apply some dynamic research uh, into how do these technologies behave. And by dan- by dynamic research, you have to to look at how the materials behave. You have to you have to look at a national lab that has synchrotrons that no private company could ever afford, and use the and use the facilities of the national lab to really look into how a battery functions and what could be done to make it function better.
0: Um, it seems to me, going forward, there are some externalities that should be taken into consideration. Supply of materials are they indigenous to the United States? Do they come through China, or is it that they only come out of the Congo, as some do, et cetera? Uh, That's one issue. The other issue, also an externality, if you will, is does it recycle? Is it going to jam up the already filled landfills? And if we think the landfills are in short supply today, wait till we start putting all these blades from these windmills into the landfills and some of the towers... The good thing about the towers is they steel, and steel recycles, but those blades do not recycle. They have, they've got all sorts of materials in them, fiberglass. We're not, uh, a lot of you know, we're, I was going to say,
1: we're not talking about cradle to grave, we're talking about cradle to cradle. And uh, in the case of, of a lead-acid battery, that really is cradle to cradle. And uh, a lithium battery, it needs to get to that point where it can be cradle to cradle. It will, uh, but it's going to take a lot of work to get
0: there. Anyway, let's go back to batteries. Um, We're really trembling on the edge of a battery revolution and then an enormous market in deploying these things. Uh, It seems to be inevitable that transportation will need a light battery, at present defined as a lithium-ion battery, but we will need a lot of batteries to smooth out electric flow throughout the grid, or as they really are, the three grids that are said to be the grid in the united states to keep the power flow as we introduce more renewables especially when or with solar to take care of that period between the setting of the sun and the end of the peak demand which comes between five and seven o'clock at night right. so this says to me this is a great business to be in if you've got the right technology and you can persuade people that your technology is the one you should be deploying. Right
1: now, it's natural gas that's providing that uh, uh, that uh, that means by which renewables can be integrated to the grid. Natural gas, a natural gas combined cycle plant, can operate twenty four hours a day, whether well, the sun shines or not.
0: You make a very good point that uh, natural gas plants are very efficient, easily built, etc., and they. Between the 1990s and today, they revolutionized the production of electricity nearly everywhere because you have a confluence of better turbines called aeroderivative turbines. You don't have to be a, a genius to work out. That means they came from the airline industry and a great su- new supply of gas from hey, Can I make a point here?
1: Uh, it's not, you don't want, I, I know you're not saying this, but I just want to put this out there anyway, that... When you talk about uh, smoothing out renewables, uh, it's not really a case of natural gas on the one hand versus batteries on the other. Batteries and natural gas can work very well together. In fact, you're going to see a lot of that because it takes a few minutes for a natural gas plant to come up online. It only takes a split second for a bank of batteries to come up online. You can have a bank of batteries synchronized with a natural gas combined cycle plant that can provide the kind of uh, stability in a power network. That, uh, that is needed if we're gonna have an influx of ver- variable power from wind and solar. Natural
0: gas and batteries can work very well together. But in this country, as in others, maybe not Europe in its present extraordinary strange circumstance, but normally, uh, governments are anxious to phase out all fossil fuel, which is coal and, of course, natural gas. And if you should be burning it to make electricity, which is the case, in some places, oil. So you've got, on the one hand, this very durable natural gas, very flexible, cheap fuel. On the other hand, it is a carbon producer, less than most the other two I mentioned. But nonetheless, and governments have taken against it, and the environmental movement particularly has taken against natural gas.
1: You're, you're not going to get rid of
0: fossil fuels. It's
1: not going to happen. I can tell you that right now. They are, uh, the the capacity factors of a natural gas generator are way higher than the capacity factors of wind and solar. That's just a matter of record. You can look it up on on the DOE website. Natural gas is here. You're not gonna get rid of it.
0: For the people watching and listening to this program, explain the capacity factor. It's a term more of uh, engineering than it is of art.
1: It's the availability of a plant to operate when it needs to operate. And uh, natural gas, like I said, it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can, you can you can turn it on whenever you want. With with wind and solar, it's not there. Plus the plus the energy density of uh, of a natural gas plant is is about two or three times higher than that of a, of a wind or solar facility. So you you, you got to if you're going to replace a natural gas plant with solar panels, we're talking acres, hundreds and thousands of acres. Uh, to put up solar panels just to replace one natural gas plant. It's, it's completely impractical.
0: You can't do it. Let me just uh, explain energy density. It's like sounds. It's, um, it's how much bang you get for the source of the energy. And probably the most bang is nuclear. The second most bang is natural gas. Uh, and way after that come the solar and wind. That's Isn't... why
1: you're never going to see in a... Uh in a cell phone, you're never gonna see a lead acid battery uh, operating in a cell phone. You're gonna have a lithium battery doing that. That's because a lithium battery has, has way more energy density than a lead acid battery. But a lithium battery is way expensive and uh, it, it works in small applications very, very well, but it costs more. And if you wanted to use a, a zinc battery in a cell phone, it may be cheaper. You're not gonna get the life out of it that you get from a lithium battery. Lithium, lithium works, there, there's nothing wrong with it and this, this part of the future. The question is, how do you how do you get the, the consumer to pay for all this? You you create a product that
0: he has to have and is willing to pay for it. That's how it works. John House, thank you so much for joining White House Chronicle today. That is our show. Thank you for coming along. Keep your battery charged. I'll see you next week. Cheers. White House Chronicle is available as a podcast on Apple, Spotify. Stitch Up, wherever you listen, we are there.